All right, welcome to the Lair of Secrets podcast, the podcast about gaming and being a geek by two middle-aged geek dads. I'm Ken Newquist, and I'm caught in the hell of migrating to a loner laptop after my work laptop started dying. Whoever thought up of natural scrolling on the Mac should be locked away in the lowest <laughs> level of the lair. I enjoy, I enjoy uh, natural scrolling. I've, I've heard it's it. It's terrible. It's an abomination. It's an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> But you're on a, are you on a, a loner Windows machine or is no, it it's another? A so it should, ha, should still be natural scrolling or did you turn it off on your older one? They call it natural scrolling, which is the antithesis of what I do, right? Okay. So natural scrolling on the Mac is like you. Like if you put know, fingers wrong. down on a piece of, <laughs> from what I understand, uh, welcome to the tangents podcast. Uh, the, what I understand that their explanation was is Steve jobs liked the natural scrolling was like, if you put two fingers or if you put your hand down on a piece of paper and pushed it away from you, like you'd be pushing with your finger and the paper goes away. Therefore you scroll up that way. Oh, Yes. But it's wrong, and I don't. But it, like or it. is it the opposite of that? Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't have know. it set up so that if I if I if I scroll down, the page goes down, right? Okay. So if I if I drag my fingers down, the the the, the, the page goes down. Page goes Natural down. scrolling, the page goes up. Okay. It's, invert, it's okay. It's the opposite of what yeah, I, I was. I also invert yeah, my controls yeah, yeah. on the Xbox. So yeah, yeah. You and you and Chris Johnson both use flight controls on the on the Xbox. So. And my daughter, but not, not my imagine. son. Right. <laughs> so but we'll get into some of that later. But wait, who are you? <laughs> yeah. I am David Moore, and I just traveled back to Ohio recently. Traveled with my family to watch my youngest win second place in uh, the world in the Winter Guard A class, which is the very first year that Brownsburg participated in the WGI World or WGI A class national slash world competition and they got second uh and they they weren't super super close to getting first but they were pretty solidly second very cool congratulations yep we all went (laughs) as lean cheered her sister on speaking of as lean tonight we are joined by my (laughs) eldest daughter as lean i i'm not the youngest sorry to disappoint yeah to talk about her experiences in gaming uh and contrasting it with what ken and i uh, grew up with uh, she's also pushing back her D&D game that she had tonight for us to talk with us for a while. So thank you very much for coming on and pushing back your D&D game. Should only be about, about a half hour. We normally start at 830, but like today my DM said we can start at nine. Okay. All right. We'll try. Never and... start on time anyway, let's be honest. We'll, we'll, no, no, that is a, okay. So this is one of the things that we wanted you on for was to talk about the differences between uh, Ken and I being one generation of gamer and you being another generation of gamer. And evidently starting on time is not something, not starting on time is something that has not changed in my, in my experience over generations of gamers. Clearly not. I'm not sure if it ever will change. <laughs> one of the things that like when I started in gaming, I went to a summer camp and uh, my roommate there had a copy of Tunnels and Trolls. And then at night, 
uh, one of the college students who was one of our counselors would run a basic D&D game. My parents said, hey, you, you know, you should look into that. And then we got the, the basic D&D set after we got after I got home from that summer camp. And that's kind of how I started off in gaming. And it wasn't until many years later that I went to Gen Con uh, as a freshman and actually right after my freshman year in high school. How did you get started gaming? Is lean. I know, but those, those people, Ken, does, Ken doesn't. I don't. Yeah. So um, I was definitely raised by gamers. So it's kind of just something that I've been doing my whole life. I went to my first Gen Con before I could walk, actually. Um, most of my gaming experience, however, has been like more on the electronic side. So a lot of like video games and such. Like, I guess my first real game outside of little girl games was Pokemon Platinum and I played that when I was seven and I could not put that down mm -hmm. so I kind of just got more into that as I got older and now now that I'm 19 I do D&D &D with a couple of my friends on usually Thursdays although right now we have this Tuesday campaign going on which is funnily enough today um and we usually do those over discord since most of us live over an hour away from each other so like we'll join discord get on a site called world 20 and then we'll just do that for a couple hours yeah so that was that was our my my next question on here is how do you normally game so you game on discord you said you use roll 20 for yes. tabletop moving and stuff like that yes roll 20 um it's like roll 20 does have like maps and like little icons that we use as our figures of, and it also um it also keeps track of handouts and character sheets. Mm -hmm. Although for character sheets, we usually use something like D&D Beyond. So it sounds similar to uh, some of the stuff that like Ken and I have done um, when we've needed to use a, uh, a virtual tabletop like like yeah. 20. Uh, we also use one called Owlbear.Rodeo. Uh, what games do you usually play? Um, tabletop. Well, I, I should I should narrow sorry. it down. Uh, what tabletop role-playing games do you normally play? Like D&D, etc. Mostly just D&D, to be honest, outside of the occasional like card game with the family. So like Flux is something I really enjoy, but that's mostly beyond... That's mostly how far it goes. That's most, more... Like yeah, that's more... Yeah, it's more board and card, card game. We did try Gloomhaven. I still want to try that. Okay. We just... How I have to find time when you are free. Yeah. And we both have to get over the <laughs> fact that we like will forget. So it's like we almost we're yeah. we're we're at the stage, I think, in our lives, like you were in the stage in college where yeah. we have to go and put an invite on the calendar and say, here is the hour or two hour block of let's hang out together sort of thing. Mm -hmm. We can talk about it in, in a future podcast, but I did just pick up uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. And, oh, yeah. And uh, uh, my youngest and I have played it, and I know Isleen and I will be playing it as well. So, yeah, I, I just picked it up as well. My kids were like, my daughter, I think, well, you're, you're the same age as my daughter. And so I think she started playing the original Lego Star Wars when she was like four, maybe five. And 
she was terrified of uh, Palpatine because <laughs> <laughs> he had this cackling laugh, right? And so every time he would come on for the, that scene, she's like, I don't want to do this. She would leave the room and then come back after we, I defeated that level and move on to the next thing, which yeah. I'm sure she's really super thrilled about me saying. But I'm looking forward. Like, so There's so much raw nostalgia with Lego Star Wars that I cannot wait to play it with my kids. She's yeah, very my excited sister, to come home from sorry. college. <laughs> yeah, she's very excited to come home from college and do it. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. My sister and I used to play the complete saga a lot as kids. And I'm going to be honest, I could barely comprehend what I was doing. I, just, I was just running around collecting coins. <laughs> we did that a lot. But that's, I mean... Yeah. I mean, as a as a young kid playing Star Wars, the, playing Lego, any of the Lego games, you know, you can just have fun going around breaking things and picking up the the Lego studs. Yeah. So that is to be expected when you are like six. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. And then you can appreciate more things later. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I actually got it because I saw that you had gotten it, Ken. So. <laughs> I was I was just talking about it with my son and he said he was we were kind of just like reminiscing about playing it and like so we played like the original trilogy together and then we got like the Clone Wars one um and like my daughter and my son would play the heck out of that but my son used to drive my daughter crazy because he would just like smash bricks get out his lightsaber attack her repeatedly and she like whenever they would get on an elevator he would just like start winging his lightsaber around um and so I think they're there. I can't wait to see what shenanigans they get up to when <laughs> everybody's back in the same house for a few weeks and they can play Lego Star Wars together. That's cool. But we digress because that's what we do. Yep. Um, should we rename the podcast to like digressions and tangents? <laughs> the, the, the digression. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's what's the your main gaming group? What's the size? How many people are there in your in your um, primary gaming group? That is a good question. I honestly haven't counted, but if you're talking about D&D, it's probably about eight-ish people if I had to rough it. That's pretty pretty big for an online group. Yeah. Like one of the things that that Ken and I are used to is is gaming face-to-face. And your face-to-face gaming consists almost entirely of uh, convention games, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like one thing that we notice has happened in face to face games is there are people that will kind of sit back and just listen or not do a whole lot. But sometimes, you know, if you're depending upon the group, you can you can kind of pull them in, you know, call on them, pull them in, et cetera. Does does that happen in your group? Yeah. So like. The only real difference that I've found is that we can't like really see each other's faces, but we still use voice chat as much as we can. So we still have the whole like talking communication thing going on. Um, we definitely have the more active players in our group, like the ones that kind of like carry all the action and the ones that are kind of just there. So like usually what my DM will do is kind of like, he'll kind of like, try and force them into a situation almost or just kind of be like like hey what's your character doing right now Mm -hmm. calling on them and making sure they're not if they want to hang back like what we've what i've discovered is if they want to hang back that's fine but i also want to make sure that they're not um like getting talked over or whatever so i basically uh you know i'll say hey what are you doing or do you do you have something you want to do or something appropriate to the situation that everybody's in 
um, you know, and try and give them the spotlight for a second. And if they want to take it, they can take it. Um, but yeah. if they want to sit back, they can, you know, do something short and then sit back. You know, some people just really enjoy hanging out with their friends and gaming just happens to be a convenient excuse to do so. So, yeah, groups, gaming groups, do you have? I think you, you mentioned two games, but are, do you have the same set of friends with the, the, that game yeah, or is it it's the same set of friends? OK, so cool. what's happening right now is do, do so do because the one the reason the one shot campaign exists is because one of our players that normally is in the uh, Tuesday slot is on hiatus. So we just have like a smaller section of some of our friends in that in that group instead. So it's me and three other people, not including the DM. Okay, cool. One of the questions uh, that came up right at, right before this was, how do you find people to game with? Like, have you known these friends for a long time and then decided, hey, let's play D&D or somebody suggested it? It's kind of a complicated story how I ended up here, but it's kind of just like... I met a bunch of people through a mutual friend, then I met more people through mutual friends, and we all kind of just like met each other through mutual friends. We all ended up in the same server, and then someone brought up the idea of doing D&D, &D, and we were all into it, so. I noticed that uh, Ken is furiously writing some questions, so <laughs> why, don't, why don't you ask one of your, one of your questions? So I, I, my, one of my questions is, why D&D? That's a good question, to be honest. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it looked fun. Because I'm just, I'm curious, like it was the default for us because that's, it was pretty much the only thing. I mean, there were some other things out there like, you know, Star Frontiers or Top Secret yeah. or these other things that came out in the early 80s. And, but now like D&D is really popular. So mm -hmm. um, strangely, I guess that's my other question is like, what is your friend's impressions of D&D? Like um, when, when we were kids, or like when I was in college, like student government was like when they heard we wanted to form a role playing game club, they're like, but but what if people try to hurt themselves because their character died? <laughs> right? Like, seriously, um, this was a, a major weird. concern. That was a <laughs> yeah, that was well. a serious concern back then. <laughs> it was the early 90s. So, yeah, it was it was different. Like people kind of looked at you sideways if you're playing D&D. &D. Oh, like. D&D is honestly pretty much normalized these days. We like nobody really bats a, bats an eye about it. Like I could wear a D&D &D shirt to school and nobody nobody would look at me funny. Yeah, I remember if you wore a like I remember wearing a D&D &D shirt or carrying around like the player's handbook or or dungeon master's guide specifically so that other like-minded people who played would get the signal that hey because uh, there wasn't like a, a way to showcase that, hey, I like to play D&D, &D, you know, um, you know, if you're into a sport, you wear whatever sports jersey, you know, uh, or baseball cap or whatever. But if you're into D&D &D, back then, it was there was not merch to, to wear. <laughs> so, you know, very few T-shirts, if if any, Um uh, yet for some reason TSR made uh, beach towels, but you know, um, but uh, but yeah, that would that was like how one of the ways I would find people, you know, and potential new friends at school would be to carry around the book uh, outside the backpack, um, and and see who see who popped up. Oh. I think another reason for uh, how popular D&D has gotten lately is because of how many podcasts are streaming D&D. &D. So like the Adventure Zone, Critical Role, um, like I have 
like one of my friends in color guard back when I was in high school was really into critical role. And my girlfriend is really into the adventure zone. Just how those podcasts kind of like took off, got more and more people into it. We were ahead of our time, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't Nuketown and the game master show. I I feel like walking around high school with a, like certainly in, in like grade school and middle school, I certainly brought my books into school I think in high school, I don't know. It was, we were very traditional, um, John Hughes sort of nerds and jocks and what have you. Uh, yeah. Part of high school, very much like freaks and geeks. Like you're going to get picked on <laughs> if you have a D&D book, right? Yeah, like, it was more middle you, school for me. Um, but then then high school, uh, well, I started at a new high school. There was the whole, let me just find friends in general. And it happened that several of them did play D&D. So that was i didn't need i didn't feel the need to do that there but in middle school yeah that's that's definitely where that happened was like starting in sixth grade yeah i think we all just stopped playing in high school like amongst my friend group we like every once in a while people would get together but it really didn't kick off again until high school until college when we got there and they were like you know guys Mm. we could play D &D and (laughs) like people aren't going to make fun of us I mean, the student government has some issues i wrote a report and everything it was great (laughs) to debunk the myths around Dungeons oh, and man. Dragons at the time. It was great. It was great. Yep. So I'm curious about like, what's your, what's your campaign like? Like, so what, what, what's your style of play? Is it like dungeon crawls? Is it high urban fantasy? Like what, what do you guys like? What kind of, what are the stories? Yeah. So the campaign I'm currently in is the Strixhaven campaign, which is basically like this magical oh, university cool. with like five yeah, yeah. houses and such. Um, we tend to have like, I feel like we tend to focus a bit more on role playing than actual combat. Um, and just, like, interactions between the party and the NPCs, like, like to bring up my girlfriend again, she's, like, she's kind of going around treating it as a dating simulator, almost. <laughs> and, and my other friend, um, his, like, his character and my character are twins, and I... Th- I think it's really funny to have my character tease his character after she almost (laughs) dies for the third session in a row. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, I would say most of my my early stuff was really just. uh, Just dungeon crawls, and then we got into like more actual stories once we got to college because people had longer attention spans. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I I definitely tend to prefer the actual story based games over just like constant combat session after combat session like honestly like if if they're drawn out too long it almost gets a little boring yeah so do you do you regularly have like actually eight people at the at the table or is it uh if you have eight you have eight but generally like four or five show up um it's usually like it kind of depends um most of the time we usually have like one or two people absent and that's just because we're all college students some of us live in an entirely different country so we we work with what we have, but most of the time, the group is generally in pretty good attendance. Cool. Do you have any other questions, David? A big, huge question is, do you have anything for any questions for us as older gamers mm. uh, <laughs> compared, you know, like, like, what was it like for us compared to you? Or in my day. Yeah, we, oh, we killed dragons up uphill both ways. <laughs> With the rusty toothpick. <laughs> um, how dare you flip the script on me like this? I was not prepared. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is there any advice out there for people who are getting into gaming 
that you have as a young gamer, like how could they get started in gaming? Google is your friend for one. <laughs> like I've, we tried to have a game here that didn't quite gel. Evidently you kind of got it, you know, kind of fell into gaming, even though it didn't happen in our household that much. You know, how did you learn D&D? Honestly, I'm still pretty like rusty on it, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, Usually if I have a question, I'll just ask someone in the group or like look it up myself. Like there's a nice thing about D&D Beyond is that um, in certain campaigns, you can actually the DM can actually give the players access to the to the books they have. So I believe how it works. I can just like look it up through there or I can just look it up online. Gotcha. It's nice to it's nice to just have that like resource so I don't have to go flipping through a textbook looking for the right page. I can just Google like, oh, what does Acid Splash do? And there it is. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's definitely another thing that's uh, different between how you play D&D and how I play D&D. Like playing a spellcaster, I would have gone through the player's handbook so often. You'd say, <laughs> you'd say, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I'm going to cast Ashes Splash. And maybe if you're GMing, you're just like, okay, well, what does that do? And I'd be like, okay, well, page 57, second column, midway down, here's Acid Splash. Like, I would just know it in my head because I'd opened up that book so many times. Yeah. I have noticed that if I'm, if I'm doing something D&D related or watching something like, uh, a dimension 20, like the unsleeping city is the one that I've been watching lately. And they're like, I, I cast this and it's like, does that work like that? How does that work? Whatever. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll do a quick Google and like, there's the top three searches are, are like D and D beyond and roll 20 and, and, yeah. and like, uh, the open source wiki for like all of the, the, the spells and such and all the creatures, etc. And, yeah, it's a really easy way to look stuff up. Yeah, one of the nice things as well about having uh, the virtual character sheets is I tend to play spellcasters as well, and it'll have all the information in the spell of the spell like preloaded into its database. So whenever I add a spell to my character to my list, all the information is there, and I can also just like click on the name to cast it, and it'll roll full for me. Yeah, as as much of a curmudgeon as I am about. D&D Beyond and going, well, I have the books. Why do I need to buy them again? <laughs> that sort of functionality is really, really nice. Yeah, I was also kind of like at D&D uh, Beyond when I found out I had to like buy the books myself first, like as well, too, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I have to get Strixhaven. It's, is it Strixhaven or Strix? Strixhaven? S-T-R- I, I corrected your your spelling. Uh, in the Thank notes <laughs> so that you can look it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I think it's, uh, it sounds really cool. It's been it out is. for about a year or two, I think, since, as you know, Ken, the Sunday games, other than the game, like the scum and villainy game, there's no other game right now. <laughs> <laughs> I did manage to pull off a Mutant Crawl Classics this Sunday with Aaron and a couple other friends uh, who are in Sparks campaign that Aaron and I have been in for decades now. So many. <laughs> and so we got about halfway through the level zero module and three people have already died out of the 12 characters. <laughs> so it's definitely a, a meat grinder for that sort of uh, that sort of game. Yeah, if I, I think if I was going to play D&D, 
a lot more, especially online. I think D&D Beyond is something I would probably end up picking up. D&D Beyond is a really nice website to have. Yeah, I can see it. I think we, we do the same thing you guys do. Like we, we have such a hodgepodge. I don't. None of us have break, broken down and actually bought books in D&D Beyond, I think, because we're just too curmudgeon as David said. <laughs> we're too used to the, the it's like, well, I already have the physical book. Why do I need an electronic copy, you know, or how do I read it as a book in electronic form? I don't want to read a giant PDF. I'd rather read a, a physical book, you know, but that's just that said, that's my generation. <laughs> Right. I, I have my one of my NPCs is is in D and D Beyond, so I have been using it more. It's just I, I just haven't gotten to buy the books. What <laughs> you're gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> I think it also helps that my DM probably didn't own the books that he does on D and D Beyond beforehand. So the fact that D and D Beyond is licensed through Wizards of the Coast to do all that stuff is great, but it also means they don't do like a bundle deal where it's like, oh, buy the physical copy and get a deal. Or like a, a break off of uh, the price on D&D Beyond or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's like full price right. in two spots. Unlike Evil Hat, where if you buy a physical copy at a brick and mortar store, you can go on to the Evil Hat website for any of the books that they sell, that they publish with the receipt from that brick and mortar store. And they will give you the PDF of that book for free. I did not know they did that. Yep. It's pretty. They've done that ever since the beginning and it's awesome that is pretty cool it supports brick and mortar gaming stores but it also gives the pdf style stuff if you want to if you have a tablet and you don't want to cart around the books all the time yeah. i will say i will say having like a tablet or a phone or even a laptop is so much lighter than for that for a gm like back playing second edition taking the player's handbook the GM's guide, the monster manual one, two, and fiend folio, <laughs> and any of the class splat books that they decided that that you decided that you needed to bring with. Um, and then all of the paper notes that you would bring and maps and everything like that. God. You know, yeah, you'd have you'd have a fifty or six you'd have a fifty or sixty pound <laughs> backpack as a GM. <laughs> And then go to Gen Con. <laughs> yeah, and then no! carry it all Gen Con. <laughs> no! <laughs> That's the first time I went to Gen Con in Indianapolis is when I realized I needed to stop doing that. Yeah. Because yeah. I had way too many books, and I was just going from one end of Indianapolis to the other. Well, at least it felt that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's much bigger than Milwaukee. <laughs> I will I will take uh, a backpack, but at the beginning of the day, it's empty. So that when I go Good to the, the dealer room, it gets mm -hmm. full <laughs> there. It's a lot easier to carry around a backpack than a bunch of plastic bags. So mm -hmm. very true. Thanks for coming on as lean. Thank you. We'll, uh, you know, if people are interested in talking about new gamers versus old gamers or new gamers and old gamers, um, it's not a, uh, you know, it should not be a, a fight. It should be, we all come together <laughs> and have awesome times. I didn't even know there was a fight. <laughs> there are always a few people. That's fair. Who like to do a flame war. <laughs> it's got drinking from the people argue about energy. things on the yes. internet. <laughs> yep. Yep. Feel free, uh, Isleen, to uh, take this next section and give it to your friends as well. 
which is thank you for listening. Uh, if you have feedback, <laughs> we love feedback. Uh, you can send it to us at, uh, at podcast at layerofsecrets.com or contact us via Twitter at Layer of Secrets. We stream this live on Twitch if you want to get your fix of things early and un unedited. We are Layer of Secrets, one word over there. So twitch.tv slash Layer of Secrets, uh, which we normally stream uh, 8 p.m., Eastern on Tuesdays, and then sometimes we'll have a gaming uh, thing on Thursdays. We'll try and put it on the on the channel. But if you follow us, you'll get notifications. So anyway, you can also visit LayerOfSecrets.com and leave us some feedback, topic ideas, or your own thoughts on what we've talked about. Uh, hopefully, you're already listening to this podcast and know where most of those things are. But if someone gave this to you on a mixtape, <laughs> head over there and subscribe to the podcast if you know people out there uh go ahead and and give them all this information get them on board get them on board we can also be found on like apple and uh, a couple other places as well for podcasts so anyway uh thanks again as lean for coming and Thank thanks you. to everybody out there for listening to us